a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we talked to a nice lady named Lane who's trying to figure out how do we make ends meet with high daycare costs and what do we do when those high daycare costs end and where do we put the newfound old money? And she joins us now. Hello, Lane. Hi, Pete. Did I describe that somewhat accurately? Yes, very much. Yeah, it's a problem, though, the daycare costs. How many kids do you got? Two little children, 17 months apart, and I think we have three more years of it being what it is now. What is it a month right now? Um, $1,500. it will be 1700 next year. And that's about as high as we're going to go. Okay. And then, so does it fall off all at once or does it like fall off like 17 months apart? Um, it falls off. It's going to go the next three years will be about the same. And then it's going to go in half. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to go to hopefully about $300 a month after that. Okay. So we, two more, yeah, sorry, three more high years. And then it's going to split in half and then it's going to go down. So your total annual gross income as a household is $114,000. Who is involved with earning that money? My husband um, works full-time and makes the majority of that, and I work part-time, and I bring in about 30000 of that. So is it fair to say that your 30000 pays for daycare? Correct. And I assume... No, no. I, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, I, I kind of look at it as about maybe a third to half of my income goes to daycare. Okay, so your 30,000 that you speak of is really 30,000 net as opposed to 30,000 gross. Uh, Sorry, 30,000 gross. It is $30,000 gross. Interesting, okay. Yes. And then, but you're, uh, am I making things up? Are you a contractor or something like that? You have some sort of flexibility or part-time nature of your, your stuff. I do, yeah. Since we had children, I've started working, I've just kept doing what I'm doing, but I work part-time. And then I will increase kind of at the same time as those child care costs go down. I'll be going back to work kind of on the a more full-time basis as I did before. All right. Well, how's it going? I mean, forget all the, the numbers and these sorts of like, how, like do you feel like things are, are staying steady? Are you going backwards? Are you scared? Are you stressed? What, what's happening? Um, we've kind of fluctuated. I think now that we have a bit, bit more of a plan, I think we're in okay shape. We would love to see more at the end of the month, obviously, you know, the childcare costs, that's challenging, but I think, you know, we're just, we're on top of it. And I think we do need a little bit more income to try to keep breaking even and, and stay steady through the next challenging couple of years. But otherwise, you know, it's staying home and working part-time is that's the trade-off I think to being with the kids a little bit more. Frank, let's take a look at the numbers. If you could pull those up for me. Uh, Let's see, you've got uh, $105,000 in long-term savings. You're putting about $1,200 a month towards the long-term. And you've got $45,000 in your savings account. Lane, help me understand with the $45,000 in your savings account, uh, how did it get there and has it gone down since things have gotten tight? Um, It's gotten there mostly due to stock and 
I'd say like company stock from my husband's company, um, saving a tax refund, and a little bit of bonus money. Okay. So that's our, we kind of consider that 30000 is an emergency fund, and then the fifteen, we look at it as, you know, as right now we're doing a little bit more expenses every month than we are bringing in. We kind of, I look at that as that is where we're pulling from, that fifteen k, And then usually, you know, if he gets a bonus or we have a couple more stock um, distributions coming, we put it right back in there, and that's what's kind of been keeping us afloat, I think. But you've got no debt other than your mortgage, uh, and, you, and you've got a small car loan. So it sounds right. like you, you really have been making ends meet uh, over the last several months despite the stress. Now, here's a weird question for you. Is there any reason that your time right now wouldn't be the hardest time of your financial life with funding daycare for two small children? Can you think of a reason why this wouldn't be difficult? I, um, are you saying, I think, I'm hoping this is our most difficult next few years. Right. That, I, that is exactly yes. where yes. I'm at. Yes, I'm hoping that it is. And after that, I think things are looking really good. So does that also mean your part-time work will increase uh, when the kids are in school? Yes. By how much do you think? I'd be very conservative here. I don't want this to go like, I go from 36000 to two hundred fifty grand a year. Like, what, what, what will it go right. to? Um, the reality is, I think it'll probably go to, say, if I'm grossing 30000 now, Throughout is I'll probably go to about fifty thousand, possibly, because I think I'd still like to be around for after school and you know drive them where they need to go and have a little bit of um, work life balance. So it's it's, so it's going to go it's going to go up a little bit, but it's not going to go up. You know, it's not doubling would be the most. As we sit here and talk, I'm thinking like, all right, what are we dealing with here, Lane? Are we dealing with a short-term problem, a mid-term problem, or a long-term problem? I, I know definitely we've got some short-term challenges. Let's take a look at the long-term. Let's see what you're mm -hmm. doing now. For, and by the way, how old is Mr. Lane? How, how old is that fella? 40. 40, okay. Which is a great age for men. And I, because I'm mm -hmm. 40. I, don't, I know, I don't. that's right. We're all about the same age. Uh, yeah, so let's take a look and see um, what your million dollar day is based on what you have going on now. And I'm going to ignore the stock that is outside of okay. the retirement accounts. Uh, your million dollar day is February 11th, 2036. If you keep doing exactly what you're doing now, February 11th, 2036. 36, you will be a millionaire. And then by age 67, this is your age 67, you'll have $2.7 million set aside for retirement if you keep doing exactly what you're doing now, which will give you a net monthly income of $6,294, but it will feel like $3,076 in today's after tax dollars. So I put this to you. Could you survive right now on $3,000 a month without childcare expenses? Absolutely not. We don't want to, which is why we're calling in. <laughs> okay, so uh, if, if, if the premise of the beginning of this portion of the segment was, we think we have some short-term challenges, are you now suggesting, Lane, that we also now have some long-term challenges? Well, I think, you know, actually we, you know, we are almost now surviving on that amount, but it's really tight, so mm -hmm. we don't, want to survive on that in retirement. Okay. Um, Do you plan on having a house payment in retirement? No, we hope, we, we hope definitely not to have a house payment. Okay, so let's subtract that. You're paying about $1,600 a month in mm -hmm. a house payment, and you're paying, we'll call it $1,700 a month in um, daycare. So that's 
$3,300 a month less that you will have in expenses in retirement and you make $6,300 a month now. So, I mean, we really are right on the nose at that $3,000 a month. Um, right. But the issue is you would also have social security, which would probably be between the both of you, 2,500 in today's dollars. I mean, you're talking about actually in this moment right now, as we stand, if you never got a raise again, you're in decent shape for retirement. I have to admit. Okay. I mean, it's all, it's all relative to, you know, clipping along at an 8% rate of return, which shouldn't be a problem over the, you know, the 29 years we've got you projected to earn that money. Let's look at the midterm. So what are some midterm challenges that you have? Um, Well, we have college costs, of course, and then we have home remodels. We are planning to stay in the home that we're in now, which is the first home that we've ever owned, um, but it does need some remodeling. And do you plan on using any of that uh, $45,000 in savings for that remodel? No, we don't, because we want to keep the emergency fund. That makes me comfortable with, with that where it is, but we do have, um, you know, if that stays steady and we don't pull from it, then what might come down the road would be used for remodeling as well as hopefully increasing college savings. And you say increasing college savings. Is there any college savings right now? There is. There's $4,500 between the two children. And how old? You said they're 17 months apart. How old are they? They are two and three and a half. Okay. Two and three and a half. So we've got plenty of time there. Um, or do you have the money established in 529 plans and Roth IRAs? Like, what's the money set aside into? Well, both, actually. So we have, we recently started 529s, um, but what I was doing before, which is probably I was a little bit misinformed, is starting Roth IRAs for them at a really young age. Mm-hmm. And I heard being self-employed that that has some benefits, but I think that was jumping the gun. Yeah, it's a little, it's unusual to do that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and then, so now we are, yeah, now we are in 529. So how old, you and your husband will be essentially, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just doing the math on the fly here, f- mm-hmm. 55, 53, um, when your second child gets to college, right? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we talk about a lot on this show, like ages 47 to 53 are really the hardest years for a person. They don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and agree with myself. <laughs> I think in your yeah. situation here, if I'm you, not not to really have this uh, conversation take an ugly turn, ages 55 to 59 scare the bejesus out of me for you and your family. Got it. You know, it's like, because the long term, it, it's a fee. What you have going now is feasible because as your income goes up, a higher percentage of your, uh, or the same percentage of a higher amount of income will be saved for retirement, which will only improve the numbers we projected. Because... I never project you're going to get a pay increase because I just don't find that to be, mm-hmm. you know, the way to do it. Um, so that problem takes care of itself. The short term is stressful, but let's be honest, it's kind of working. You're not going into debt. It doesn't sound like you're you're going through your savings account. Um, mm-hmm. It's not bad. So a question for you with regarding the midterm. So I have, you know, I know you're a big fan of paying off. Well, we have a 30-year mortgage, not 15. Um, the rates right now, though, I think um, we have the, a lower rate than you might even be able to get on a 15. But if we were to try to channel a little bit more money towards our mortgage, paying it off before those 
you know, that college, those college years, is that something we should try to consider? I think what that would do, though, if I've done the math right, is we'd have to put, it's out of our range right now, putting $800 extra a month towards the mortgage. So obviously we can't do that, but maybe in four years that might be a possibility. Yeah, I think what you would consider in four years is potentially doing that and, and then really measuring that four years from now. Do you take the entire 1700 or so that frees up from daycare and put that towards college? Or do you take that 1700 and go to pay off your mortgage, that additional 1700 Now, the college thing definitely limits you from the standpoint of, well, what if one or both kids don't go to college or there's another funding mechanism there via scholarship or something? Mm-hmm. Um, the paying off the home thing, whereas, um, you know, you're going to get a better return on your money, uh, probably in the market than paying off a low interest loan. Um, it gives you a heck of a lot more flexibility when you free up that cash flow. You know, I mean, not only we'd be full, uh, freeing up 1600 a month of the payment, but if you're paying another 15 to 1700 a month, you're really freeing up about $3,000 a month in cash flow by the time your kids graduate from high school, which is amazing, uh, because right. then you can really cash flow college. So I don't know. I mean, th- this is not a decision. If I were you, I would make right now today as we as we stand here and sit here mm-hmm. and talk. Uh, I would probably begin to make that decision four years from now. But I, I think that you could make a serious run at that. Okay, it's yeah, interesting. I, don't, I agree. We can't do it now, but it is something I've kind of tried to kind of play the numbers a little bit. I guess the key is you basically said to me, yes, you're going to improve the home you're in, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to increase your lifestyle. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you find that to be true? Yeah, that's correct. And um, it doesn't appear based on your other habits of how you've taken on debt or not taken on debt, I should say, that that seems like something you want to do. If you, you can just live within your means, e- increase your income personally, like things are... Things are looking really good. It's just that 15 years is, again, terrifying to me in your situation. 29 mm-hmm. years does not scare me at all. Tomorrow does not scare me at all. 15, I'm sweating. Okay. Okay, so what can we do? What's, what? Well, I think what you what do, we... yeah, you just don't increase your lifestyle right now. Mm-hmm. You don't take on a bunch of debt for the home remodels. And, and really, I, I, it's weird, right? It's like, well, what can I do now? I think what you can do now is to resolve to rate, make the right decision four years from now. Like, right. like I I, that sounds so yeah. stupid though, right? Doesn't it? It's like, what can I do now? Nothing. Wait for four years to do something right. That, that, and I mean that. Mm-hmm. But what, I mean, let's look at it this way. What could go wrong right now? You got, you know, job loss is always something that can go wrong. Is that something mm-hmm. that, that you or your husband would fear based on the professions you're in? No, not really. And, you know, if I think that if that were to happen, then we would be, you know, we have some savings in place, which would help that. And we would obviously, well, for one, we would have to lower our, those childcare expenses if one of us was out of work too. So we do, we don't worry about that too much, thankfully. And are you in a real estate market that, uh, I think from looking at your area code, you're in a very hot real estate market. So there's no reason to think that it's going to fall off anytime soon either. Correct. Correct. I I would assume that the phone number we called you at is the area code in which you live. Is that fair to say? Yes. It okay. Is. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. So, mm-hmm. um, what about life insurance? That's always a fun topic. Yeah. So we have life insurance. Um, we have my husband has five hundred and fifty thousand twenty year term, and I have five hundred thousand. 
Yeah, I would say you guys are probably a hair short. I mean, I, nothing to lose sleep over, but if if mm -hmm. I, if I got to re rebuild your financial life, I would probably take him up to 750. Um, which you, you could, he could probably add another 250 more on 20 years instead of recasting the entire amount. Uh, and mm -hmm. that would only cost him probably 40 bucks a month, depending on his health, okay. um, in a perfect world. Okay. What about legal uh, mm -hmm. paperwork? Have you, have you done, um, a will? Yep, we did all of that prior to having children. See, so that's excellent. in good shape. Do you have to worry about being the caregiver for any, um, other adult dependents, parents? Mm, not, we I hopefully not. We don't know for sure, but I think our parents are in, they're in good health now, and, and I think they're in pretty good financial shape too. So that's not too much on our radar. Nice. Yeah. So your situation's really interesting because it sort of masks itself as a short-term problem, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It's just stressful. I think sometimes um, being forced to watch the bottom line feels like a bad thing, but you're doing it really well. Like it, it just, it's just stressful. Okay. Uh, the long yeah. term is better than you think because the way your income is going to increase and the percentages of what you set aside for retirement will, will stay the same, yet more money will go into retirement. Um, but yeah, it's that midterm. I, I didn't think this coming in, I, I, this one sort of tricked me. Hmm. Well, that's what I was, you know, I was wondering what you were gonna say about it actually, because I, I think I'm, that's sort of where we, you know, midterm I think is the harder one for me to focus on, so. It is, it, it is the, the hardest one. one. Yes. Um, so I do have a question about, you know, so with potential, yeah, I think everything's potential, so we never count on it, but, you know, a possible bonus, which is, it's, you know, say $10,000, we're not talking about a, a ton of money, or a possible stock as well would be about $10,000. Going forward, we do have some of that's going to be guaranteed, we know, but what would you think would be the best place for us to kind of divert that money well based on what you've told me i would say it would go to the house remodel okay i mean again um i don't think you should throw big chunks of money at the mortgage i don't think that makes sense um, right. I, I also don't think throwing big chunks towards college at this point makes sense because you're going to have some alternative funding options there with potentially having your house paid off um mm -hmm. It, it, it's tough, right? And I, I don't necessarily believe you should just go into market investments either because that doesn't necessarily serve a purpose of, of something you're trying to accomplish. I think if you just told me we're gonna remodel the house and it's gonna cost us, I assume, tens of thousands, if not 100,000 yeah. bucks, then why not create the fund for that as opposed to resolving to take on debt for no particular reason? Great, yeah, exactly. We don't wanna do that for sure. Um, what else? What, what, what else can I answer for you? Um, let me see here. Um, okay, so you've answered. I've, I've got a little list of questions for you here, no. but you have been answering them. So I, I think it's tricky. I, I, I was on track with what you came up with for the um, million-dollar day mm -hmm. and retirement, but... Do you have any projection of what, you know, for what our expenses are now and staying debt-free other than mortgage, that kind of thing, is there a number that we should be looking at to have a goal for retirement, you know, to retire with X amount of, of money? Yeah. I know that's a tricky question because it depends on lifestyle. But. It's a little tricky. I mean, if you think, uh, we can kind of reverse engineer it here. Hold on, I'm gonna do this. If we, 
let's say we take you, well, it has to do with what do you want in today's dollars, right? What, what do you want in today's dollars mm-hmm. to have available for you in retirement? I think between what you have and the, you know, what you will have, which is about 2.7 million and social security, you're going to about have $5,500 a month in today's dollars in retirement with no mortgage payment um, and, and no daycare costs. So that would be significantly more than, than what you're living yeah. on right now. So um, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't answer your question, but at the same time, I don't feel like you're off of your funding goal. I think you've got pretty much the right, the right number. Okay. So with, um, you know, with, so we should, instead of increasing that, would you say that we should keep an eye on that midterm? Yes. Uh, and and okay. you're going to increase your long-term by getting a pay increase, right? right? I don't think you or your husband has to say, let's crank it up another percent. Let's crank it up another percent. Although it wouldn't hurt you. I, I think again, uh, you know, a 5% raise, if let's say he makes $100,000, which, which uh, he doesn't, but let's say he made $100,000, a 5% raise takes you to 105. But then if he's taking 5% of the 105 to go into his 401k, then it's, it's going to systematically increase that $2.7 million um, pretty easily, you know? Like let's just say okay. let's say you you're getting putting fifteen hundred dollars a month towards retirement, you go from two point seven million dollars in assets to three point one million dollars in assets. Um, I mean a four hundred thousand dollar increase by putting only three hundred dollars more a month away. So again, those pay increases are going to add up fast. And, and frankly, and this is the dumbest comment I've made on the show in probably three years. The sooner that pay increase happens so that money can start compounding for the future, the better. But it's not like you, I, or him gets to control that. Right, exactly. I told you it was okay. the dumbest thing I've said. That's probably not the dumbest. I've said so many dumb things. That one's not even too bad. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good to hear. It's good to see that kind of laid out a little bit more. You know, here's what I recommend. Because here's what I assume you're going to translate some of this conversation to your husband because he's not part of the conversation. You'll let him listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think you should do together is sit down with a piece of paper, write your ages, you know, 48 and 30 or 40 and 38, you know, 41 and 39, like just like that across a piece of paper on a timeline. And then you, what you do is you look at when you're those different ages through your kids graduating from college, like what is going to be happening? What are your potential needs for money? Because the way I look at it, uh, your husband will be 55 and you will be 53 when you first need a hell of a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. And then your husband will stop needing money for college around 60, um, 61, and you will be 59, and then retirement is just six years later. So it's, it's that timeline mapping to help you understand um, that your short term is not the issue. And, it's, it, and this is how you can see it on paper, by seeing the numbers of saying 55 mm-hmm. to 61 are just gonna be hell. Okay. I mean, that, and that's, that's we'll my per- life. We'll be prepared at least. Well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, like I, I, my wife and I are, are the same age and we have a, a nine and a six year old. So it's that mid fifties for us too, that, you know, I, I don't really get into fear a lot, but that, that's kind of what I fear is like, oh my God, mid fifties, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a lot of money. And by the way, you also know what happens in your mid fifties and uh, what the biggest fear for someone in their mid fifties is, is losing their job and uh, reemployment because of at least today's culture is, you know, whether it's spoken or unspoken age discrimination for someone in their mid fifties. So that time frame, we can, you know, 
Lane, we can project and say we think it'll be scary then, but it's not until we have that 55-year-old mind and the risks associated with being 55 where it really, really is terrifying. I, this is such an uplifting yeah. episode. We should be drinking. <laughs> no? I know. No, I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree exactly. So, yeah, that's. I think, obviously, the best that we can do is prepare ahead of time as much as we can and, you know, hope that that doesn't happen. But if it does, be prepared. Well, I think you're good. I think you're doing a good job. Just keep an eye okay. on the midterm. You should be good to go. Anything else? I think that's it. Thank you so much. No, my pleasure. Best of luck to you. And uh, send us updates. We always like updates. All right. Sounds good. Thank right. you. That's it this week for the uh, Pete the Planner show. It's weird to think that, uh, you know, in retirement planning or you think about financial planning, or the R word, retirement, is the one that constantly, 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 constantly comes up. But it's that 10 years before retirement that just kicks a bunch of people in the teeth because they don't see it coming. You've got, you know, you know, the possibility of job loss and age discrimination in your mid to late 50s. You've got college costs for kids. You've got you're clearly closer to the end of your career to the beginning of your career. You've got health concerns. You've got your parents' health concerns. You've got your adult children's financial concerns where you become the sandwich generation. It, it is overwhelming. And if you're, if you're listening to this and I've just overwhelmed you and totally harshed your buzz, I'm very sorry. That's it for this week's show. Man, that got real. All right, have a good day, everybody. We'll see you next time. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET, word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, beats I burn, I burn, I burn, Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?